We, me, you, we, them, us, yo, you, me, we are all called to this thing, living on mission. Look at your neighbor right now and look at him and say, hey, you're called to live on mission. Tell him, tell him, tell him, come on, 100%, live on mission. Heart of the City Church, we have a 2020 vision. I wish I still had 2020 vision. Something happened, you know, along the way, about 50. Now I use those little specs, you know what I'm saying? I used my iPad, my son's iPad yesterday, he handed it to me. I pulled up my notes on it and I was like, Seth, you got to make them letters bigger right there, man. And he made them bigger, you know. But we're called to a 2020 vision to, to reach those near. We want to have a clear vision of reaching those near Coeur d'Alene, Kootenai County, Post Falls, Athol, all the surrounding Post you name it, near. But we also want to reach those far, having a 2020 vision, near and far. And each and every one of us is called to live on mission. I don't want you to take it from J.O. today. I want you to take it from Jesus. This is what he says about living on mission. It says this in, in Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go, say that with me, go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That wasn't just to 12, the dirty dozen, yo. That was to his church. It was to actually 11 at the time. It was to you and I to this day. The Great Commission has not changed. He calls each and every one of us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. If you look at the word in, to, it means to enter. Say that with me, enter. God wants through you to enter into your world and those around you, to impact, enter into the world around you, to impact those around you. And then it says all. If you look up all in the Greek, it means absolutely all. If I had a, 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 like a, a sub theme to this sermon today, it would be none should perish. God desired, he died for the entire world. Anybody that you run into, school, family, work, he desires none should perish. Don't you go around kind of thinking and selecting and electing if God's calling someone. You just assume that God died for all and he desires none should perish. And then it says into the world, that means cosmos. Jesus never traveled more than 200 miles from where he was born. And yet, you're here today because of this Jesus. We can be, in two, we can be 200 miles like that. Car, train, internet, website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 200 yard, 200 miles. Man, we are 2,000, 20,000 miles like that. Jesus never traveled more than 200 miles. And yet the impact he had and he has today. Why? Because he lived on mission and he raised up 12 others to live on mission. And he calls you and I, the church today, to live on mission. I promise you, you are not living life to its fullness unless you are living on mission, the mission that God God calls you to live out. If you're living your mission, you're not living life to its fullness. But when you live in Jesus' mission, Jesus didn't go to very many villages or, or very many countries. He went to some, 
But here's the deal. If you, if you, if you, if you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you go into your world, we're going to make a big difference. And that's what he trained those to do was to live on mission. The great, say that with me, great commission. It's not a weak commission. And not, it's not a, a cheesy commission. It's the great commission. What is the definition of great commission? It means instruction, command, duty given to a person or a group or people. A people, a group of people officially charged with a particular function. You and I, if you call yourself a Christian, you and I are called to this challenge and this function and the duty of the great commission, living on mission. Jesus started with one, and then he went to 12, added him 13, and then minus one, back to 12. And then you see 70, and then you see 120, and you see 120 getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? They will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. God poured out his spirit upon the church so that they could go and live on mission and impact this world. As soon as they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, one of those guys named Peter stood up and it goes from 120 to now over 3,000 people. Addition, addition, and then all of a sudden, multiplication. And now the world today, 2.2 billion people are Christians in the world today. Over a third of the population of the world call themselves Christians. Why? Because somebody is living on mission. Is it you? I want you to answer that today. Heart of the City Church is called to live on mission. Don't say in Heart of the City Church, oh, they gonna do it. Oh, they, they, they gonna do it. They, they gonna do it. They, they gonna preach to God. Oh, Jay, he, he gonna, oh, they gonna, they gonna do it on staff. They, they gonna do it. You know, they, you know, that's it. They gonna do it. They, let me ask you this. Who is they? We is they. Say that with me. We is they. Oh, 100%. Come on, come on, go with me, church. If you're a guest, just get used to me. Come on, here we go. We is they. Is they. Don't be saying they. Oh, they gonna do it. If they don't do it and they don't do it and they don't do it, all of a sudden, it's not the great commission, it's the great omission. Do you know the difference between on mission and omission? On mission, omission, one letter in. The no that comes out of your mouth that says, no, 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 I'm not going to, there ain't no, 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 they going to do it. No, it's not called the great omission. We shouldn't make it the great omission. It's called the great We had... Did you ever find that, that number from Vision Weekend? 
You didn't. I, I tried to pull it up. We had like 800 and some people last year in 2018 that got saved or rededicated their life to church. Or not to church, but to Christ. Amen? Hopefully to church, but definitely to Christ. We count people because every person counts. How many of you know that? Cody, how many kids you have? You have one kid. Not between like zero and 10 or, or one and three. You have how many kids? You have one kid. Do you count that kid? How many, how many kids you have? Kind of like three? You have one kid. Spencer, how many kids you have? Two? Maybe what, one to five? You have two kids. Not seven? No, you have two kids. We count people because every person counts. Jesus counted people, 120, 70, 3,000, and all of a sudden, there's a book in the Bible called Numbers. Numbers count because every person counts. Are you with me today? The Bible counts. The hearts count. Come on, 2.2 billion people in the world today is born again because somebody's preaching the gospel and they count. Are you part of that? I love, I love Willie Nelson. Now I know I don't agree with everything Willie Nelson does, right? But there's one song that I totally love and he sings this right here. He, he, he sings this. You're always on my mind. You're always on my mind. Sing it with me if you know it. You're always on my mind. <laughs> that, that, that child is like, y'all need to chill. Why do you sing that, J.O.? Because I believe that God, that's a, that, now Willie, he's, he probably, you know, smoking a little weed and talking about a woman. You know, I don't know. I don't want to judge a brother. But what I'm singing it for is because I believe that it's on the heart and the mind of God as people and the lost all the time. Jesus had been fasting 40 days up in the desert, tempted in all ways, and he came out on fire with a living on mission message. And that message has not changed today. This is what he said in Matthew 4, 19. He said to them, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. It wasn't just a nice humanitarian effort, even though there's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't, let's say, save the wolves and save the wells, though there's nothing wrong with that. It wasn't about Republican or Democrat or politics. It wasn't, ain't nothing wrong with that. It wasn't about those things. It wasn't about global warming. He said, I'm, I'm, bringing, a, I'm bringing a living on mission message to every believer in the world, and it's this, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If you're fishing, you're following. And if you're fishing, you're living on mission. Oh, y'all got to go with me, 909. If you're fishing, you're living on mission. 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 If you're living... If you're fishing... If you're fishing... Come on, if you're fishing... I didn't say that, Jesus did. He came, he came out specifically. One of the first things he says after fasting, he, he preaches repentance and then he goes, that he's due is to follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. That is the message of living on mission. 
And Jesus, just, he didn't just say it, he lived it. He valued it. He lived it everywhere he went. The disciple, he spent more time with the disciples than anybody that I see on the face of the earth over three and a half years. And he, he trained them and raised them up to live on mission. You're here today because of that one and then that 12 that did their job and he raised them up. And, and, and we here all the way in America, we know this great commission, the gospel, because somebody decided to live on mission. If you're fishing, this message has not changed. Now, your Christianity may have changed a little bit in your own heart and your mind, but it ain't, it, it, it ain't the message of Jesus is not, it's not changed. We're to be fishers of men. That's living on mission. This message, the mandate has not changed. If you're fishing, you're following. If you're fishing, you're living on mission. Mission, on mission, versus omission. Just remember, it's just one letter. N. I think God wants to put a yes in every one of our hearts. Listen to this scripture right here. Mark 8, 35. For whoever desires to save his life, I want you to listen to real close. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, look, look, look real close. For my sake and... The, go with me, church, go with me. You can read that right there. And the, this is very important to God. You lose it in him and you lose it for the gospel and you'll save it. Why? Listen, at Heart of the City Church, we want to be a people after God's own heart. And the way that we do that, four steps. Number one, know God. We want people to know God. If you don't know Christ today, if you're not living in a, in a relationship with God, we're going to pray with you at the end of this gathering so that you can know God and begin that relationship. Number two, find freedom. Say that with me, find freedom. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. We know where to find freedom. We, we believe that comes through city groups, find freedom. Discover your purpose. Every person in here sucking air has a specific purpose from heaven. And there's not a person in this room right now that doesn't want, number four, to make a difference. When you're living on mission, I promise you, you will make a difference. Every person in this world to some great degree is a world changer. JL, you don't, uh, world changer, man. You don't know my parents. I don't even got parents. You don't know how I was raised. Man, I've been doing crack 15 years, meth, smoking weed. I've been selling heroin. You know, I, I, I've been stuck in porn. You know, I've been through three divorces. You are called to be a world changer. That's what God has called you to. Now, now I'm here to encourage you to walk that out. But the first thing that you can do is all, if everyone does this, is all I want you to do is throw your pebble. Throw your pebble. Ooh, I'm sorry, Seth. None broke. Throw your pebble. If you throw your pebble, look. Throw your pebble. 
Tell your neighbor right now, throw your pebble. Tell the dude, throw your pebble, man. Throw the woman, throw your, throw your, throw your pebble, woman. Listen, you want to be a world changer? But you just keep your, 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 your pants full of pebbles. Just all your, you throw your pebble. Because if everybody throws their pebble, can you imagine the tsunami that's going to happen even out of the heart of the city church just by finally throwing your pebble? How do I throw my pebble, J.O.? I think sometimes we just try to be too cool when it comes to Jesus Christ and secret sensitive and kind of fly under the radar. Yeah, we want to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. But this is a place where we preach the gospel. You preach the gospel. Jail, I've never preached the gospel. I'm scared spitless of preaching the gospel. I'm here to encourage you. I've been scared spitless of preaching the gospel, but I encourage, this is courage right here. Do it anyway. Throw your pebble. Make a difference. Because there's nothing more beautiful than you throwing your pebble and you preaching the gospel and you seeing your family member or a loved one or somebody in school or, or, or somebody at work come to know Jesus Christ and they're, jail, what if they reject me? Well, they just might because they rejected Jesus. But they're really rejecting Je- Jesus and not you. But I tell you what, you'll be amazed at that one that, that rejects you and cusses at you. I remember walking uh, Moorhead State University, this dude carrying a cross, preaching the gospel, and I didn't like him. I just wanted to knock that dude out because I was a pagan, man. And, and the guy tried to hand me a Bible, uh, Gideon on campus, and I'm like, what? Because my mind is blinded by the devil, by the world. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear. But I want to let you know God wants to use you in order to take the blinders off of people out of their ears so that they can hear the gospel and their life be changed forever so that they can live on mission too. Jesus lived on mission. He's walking down the street wherever he's at. And he looks up. So tell your neighbor right there, you need to start looking up. You're always looking down, just all about your own life. Just, you're always about your own life. Just about, oh, I got to do all the stuff I got to do with today. I got to do with this right here. I got all the worry and anxiety. And I got, oh, my, you know, my bank and all my businesses. And just looking down, ain't caring about it. Look up. Lift up your eyes for the, for the harvest is white for reaping. Lift up. Jesus is looking up. Guess what he sees? He sees a dude up in the tree. One of the last dudes he sees before he goes to the cross. This little guy's name is Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a rich chief tax collector. He like scum of the world right there, yo. And Jesus looks up and he's and he sees him and he does this. I, I, I love this right here. He goes, Zacchaeus calls him by name. He didn't say, hey, dude, hey, little short off, saw off guy. Hey, hey. He, didn't, he didn't say anything. He said, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. He calls him by name. Why is that beautiful? He knows every hair on your head. Every, why? Because you're valuable to him. He knows your, he don't know just your first name. He knows your middle and your last name and your social security and your visa and your address and your email and your Twitter account and your. Wow. 
You don't think he knows that? Oh, yeah, he does. Because he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere. That's the God we serve. Zacchaeus, come down from there. I must go to your house. (laughs) You know what this did to this guy's heart? Just melted it. Cuts like a knife, but it feels so right. Melted his heart. He starts going, wow, Jesus, the God of the universe is coming to my house. I'm sure they're going to eat. If you eat with someone in that community at that time right there, that means that you forgave him. I'm sure Jesus ate with the guy. And all of a sudden, he's like, hey, if I've taken advantage of anyone, I'm going to pay him back four times the amount. And his heart was changed. Why? Because Jesus lived on mission. He goes, I, 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 I got to go to Samaria. Well, you, a Jew? Man, they got a trail, a road that goes around Samaria. What are you doing? I got to go to Samaria. He's there. He's resting. How many of you know that ministry would make you tired? He's resting at the well, and all of a sudden, the woman comes to him. He begins to minister to her. Talks about, I love Jesus because he knew how to talk the language. Oh, we're at a well. Uh, there's water in the well. Let's talk about water. Let's talk about living water. And then he begins to read her book. Oh, you're not married, but you've been married four times and you're living with the dude right now. And she begins to be touched. Listen to what she does. Listen. She goes to Samaria and many people believed because of her testimony. Jesus is living on mission. She gets radically touched by the God of the universe. She begins to live on mission. Samaria's turned upside down. Many believe because of her. And then Jesus comes and many more believe. And all of a sudden, throw your pebble. And the place is turned upside down. Then he leaves a major ministry in Mark. Gets in a boat. You're like, what's Jesus doing? I mean, he got a mega church back here. Where he going? Gets in a boat, crosses the sea. I think he finds a, in, in the midst of a, a storm, and he gets up on shore. You're like, dude, you just left hundreds if not thousands of people. And now you're here, and this dude that meets you is naked and crazy and got a legion of demons. And nobody can tame him. Nobody can change. He breaks out of everything. And Jesus, <laughs> hey, I came for you. I'm going to throw my pebble right here, y'all. And he begins to minister to this guy with a legion of demons. And he gets freed. And these pigs get demon possessed. And they go commit suicide or whatever. You know what I'm saying? The demons commit suicide. They jump off of the, you need to read it, Mark. <laughs> Of course, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. (laughs) But check out what the guy did. Listen to what the guy did. The guy's like, begs Jesus. I want to go with you. And Jesus is like, nope. No. I want you to live on mission. I want you to go tell your friends and your family of what's happened in your life. The, and then he does. He goes to 10, he goes to like 10 cities or 10 regions and he's telling everybody about, because all of a sudden everyone's 
having a meltdown. They see this dude that's all they've known is crazy Ricky down there in the tombs. <laughs> Naked and cussing and cutting himself, screaming all night long. No chains, no, nothing can hold. And all of a sudden, he's sitting by Jesus in his right mind. Brother's got clothes on. Demon free. They're like, <laughs> they're scared of Jesus. Why does all this take place? Because Jesus, he lived on mission. Why are you saying all this today, J.O.? Hopefully to inspire you that your life is more than just your family, even though that's wonderful, and just education, though that's wonderful, and just business, though that is wonderful, that God calls each and every one of us to live on mission. If you're in Cambodia, Uzbekistan, missionaries here from last night, 60 years in Japan, Japan, Africa, you name it, or Apple Way, Because see, the thing is, is not where you are, it's if you live on mission. People want to, God wants to save those in Apple Way, Coeur NIC, and high school, middle school, junior high. He wants to save them all. But it's not just, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll live on mission whenever I get to uh, Germany. No, you ain't. Come on. You need to live on mission where you at. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he taught. He was on mission. Whenever he woke up, he was on mission wherever he was at, living on mission. I want to leave you with this today because Jesus did an amazing thing. He taught 70 people to live on mission. I love this layout. I heard it many years ago, but from this evangelist, and I want to just share it with you today. If you'll turn with me to uh, uh, Luke 10, I want you to see this beautiful outline of how Jesus taught, taught each and every one of us to live on mission. Man, we come to this church today, and man, there's been a choir, and this bald-headed dude, he'd be screaming at us, and I want you to listen to me. Sometimes I'm like an AM radio, you'll just connect with me. But you need to know what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about United States Christianity. I'm talking about the gospel. I'm talking about Bible Christianity that you and I are called. Man, whenever I, whenever I was in the gym, you know, I knew I was in the gym. I knew I was man in the gym. But, man, I tried to live on mission. Wherever you are, God wants heart of the city church. Can you imagine, honestly, what will happen if you throw your pebble? Can I have that right there? This used to be at the door at Indiana Street, and I saved it. I was like, don't you throw it out of way right there. At Indiana Street, and this is exactly the truth. When you leave this place, when you walk out those doors, you are now on mission. Hey, fly to Russia. That's fine. But you're still going to live on mission when you walk out the door. Look, what, look at this beautiful training of Jesus, Luke 10, 1 through 11. If you, if you have your Bibles turned there, it's worth it. Mark, mark your Bible up. Highlight it. Write in it. Circle it. Make a note. That's, J.O., I don't write in my Bible. 
Well, get one that you will. I want to read the scriptures. Don't worry about them. We're going to worship here in just a minute. Just follow along with me in this beautiful equipping of Jesus lays it out, getting people ready for mission. Luke 10, 1 through 11. And these things the Lord appointed 70 others. I want to let you know right now, you may not know it, but you are appointed. You're going to reach people that I will never know. Why? Because that's just the way it is. You know people that Rady and I will never, staff won't know. It's not just somebody on stage. It's not just the church staff's appointed. You, if you call Jesus Lord and Savior, you're appointed. He appointed 70 others and they sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place where he was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great. That hasn't changed. For the laborers are few. That hasn't changed. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want to tell you right now, Logan, that's a trick prayer. Trick prayer. Why is it a trick? Jesus is tricking you. He's tricking you right now. Because if you pray to the Lord of the harvest, who is Jesus, that he would send out laborers into the harvest field, and you literally pray that honestly, guess who he's going to send? Oh, he's going to send they. No, he ain't going to send they. He's going to send me and you. It's trick. It's trick. He's wise. He, 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 he'll get your heart. He says this, go your way. Behold, I send you, I want you to see this today because he didn't leave anything uncovered. I send you out as lambs among wolves. He's telling you right now, if you think that Christianity is all peachy and hokey pokey, it's like, oh, just strawberries and fills forever. He warns you that it's risky. Say that with me, risky. It is risky. There is something that we wear around our neck. It's called a cross. Guess what a cross represents? It represents death. Your Christian walk is very risky. So he, he lays it out to you. Have you ever seen a wolf before? I have. He says, I send you lambs among wolves. It's risky. Let me read on. Everyone say risky. Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. What, what in the world? Everyone say distractions. Everything in this life, everything can distract you. Cut down on the distractions. If you stay, if you live a life of distractions, you will never live on mission. All you'll do is live a life of distractions. And he goes on to say, Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house, and the son of peace is there. Your peace rests on it. If not, it will return to you. Everyone say peacekeepers. Jesus wants us to be people of peace. Why? Because the world doesn't know it. 
All of a sudden, you go in someone's house and there's peace, and all of a sudden, you're ministering peace to people, and you're telling them about the love of Jesus, and he wants you and I, come on, to carry the shalom of God to people because the world doesn't know it. Peace. And remain in the same house eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Say this with me, community. Oh, when you make relationships with people that don't know Christ, you're eating and drinking with them, you're fellowshipping with them. Oh my goodness, what a powerful thing. Huge powerful thing in biblical terms back in that day, but it's still beautiful and powerful today that you go to their home and you're eating with them and you're drinking. You're being people of peace, making relationship, fellowship. All of a sudden, their life is getting wiped out underneath them. Guess who they'll turn to? They'll turn to, the, oh, man, Mark, that brother, he, uh, he, he knows Jesus. Oh, he, man, I can trust him. Wow, every time he's in my house, he's full of peace. And, man, I got to know him in fellowship, community. Do not go from house to house, whatever city you enter, and they receive you. Eat such things they set before you. Look at this right here. This is beautiful. And heal their sick. I want to encourage you. Be bold as a lion. When people are sick, why don't you pray for them? Right there. Just the other night I was at a party and I got to pray for a brother. I'm just going to try to, look. well, J.O., what if they don't get healed? Well, it ain't my, ain't my problem. I'm not the healer. He is the healer. What if they don't get saved? I'm not the Savior. He's the Savior. I'm called to pray. I'm called to preach the gospel. Come on. Pray for them. What if you pray for someone and all of a sudden cancer is gone or Alzheimer's are gone or, or all of a sudden tumors fall off or all of a sudden whatever. By his stripes we were healed. What if we live this out? What if you throw? Finally, after you've hung out with them, after you've been people of peace, after you've known the risks, after you've prayed for their healing, after you've ate with them, drank with them, they got to know you, all those different things. Then he says, look, the kingdom of God has come near. Say to them, the kingdom of God is near. Wow. The disciples did that. They, did that. they went out. He sent them out. You'll find it. They come back. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh my goodness. Demons, demons. We just cast out demons. Man, even demons. We have authority. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's good right there. That's good. Yeah, he's giving you authority over all the power of the, of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. But he says, hey, this is what I want you to remember. I want you to celebrate this. Your name is I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He said that too. But he says, this is what I want you to celebrate. Your name is written in heaven. That's what's important to Jesus. What's important to Jesus is, does people know him? Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Do, is your family members' names written in heaven? Is your children's names written in heaven? Are those in your school or those uh, that you work with, are their names written in heaven? This is what's important to Jesus. We will make a difference when each of us, Nate, would you throw me a pebble right there? Thank you. When you 
are willing to throw your pebble and watch the difference that's going to make in Coeur d'Alene, not just in Coeur d'Alene, but in Germany, in San Pedro Sula, Arizona, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Mexico, wherever it is. You are now entering your mission 